everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Awaken Together podcast. I'm Kat, and today I am joined by my friend Havana Stegner. Hi, Havana. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I'm so glad you're here. So I want to introduce you to everybody. Um, Havana is an Ayurvedic wellness educator. She's a yoga teacher, a ritualist, and the founder of Have Healing Arts. Uh, We're in Denver right now, but she is soon going to be moving to Portland. So if you're out in the Pacific Northwest, look out for her in a couple months. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, big moves coming. We met through Nurture, and um, it's just been such a joy to know. And you are such an old soul. Like, I am (laughs) amazed. You have so much to give in such a young package. Like, it's always so inspiring and amazing to just witness you and your work. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited to just have the ability to talk about what I do and why I love it and just connect with you over all things Ayurveda. Awesome. Yeah. So today's going to be like an Ayurveda 2.0. So Jen and I, we are not super... well-versed in Ayurveda like you are. And we did our best last time to kind of give a high-level overview of the doshas as it was taught to us. But today we're going to go a lot deeper um, because we have you as a gift here uh, able to share that with us. So first, I always like to just start getting to know like you and your story. So how did you initially get drawn into Ayurveda? Yeah, um, I think like most people who work with Ayurveda or find their kind of life's passion. It's like, Ayurveda definitely found me. Um, I was teaching yoga. I've been teaching yoga for quite a few years now. And I was in a place of feeling pretty good. Like, I've never had extreme health issues in my life, but I certainly didn't feel great. Like, I didn't feel like I was thriving physically, mentally, spiritually, all the things. And so I was looking for a way to just expand my knowledge and have something to learn and a tool, not even really to give it to other people, but just out of curiosity of like, what is this thing? I've heard of it from yoga teacher training. Let me dive in. Um, And then as I started to learn more about Ayurveda through, you know, podcast books, all the things, and started implementing the teachings into my daily life, I was like, oh, I feel so much better. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. And I didn't even fully realize what level of hormone imbalance and gut issues and brain fog and just like emotional instability I was having until I reached a place of balance that I was able to look back and just feel so grateful that I had found this medicine. Mm. Um, So then once I had implemented the teachings into my life as best as I could with the knowledge that I had at that time, I decided I wanted to dive in a little bit more. And so I enrolled in the Shakti School. It's founded by Katie Silcox, and she does amazing work. Um, She works with feminine form Ayurveda. So Ayurveda can be very dogmatic, very old school, where she applies a really awesome modern approach. And so I did her year-long program, and I graduated in January, and now I've since founded my own business, Um, started working one-on-one with clients, as well as creating like herbal blends and spice blends and massage oils and all those good things. Mm-hmm. So yummy. Mm-hmm. So exciting. <laughs> uh, I love to see uh, this journey that you're on now. It's uh, amazing. And so um, you mentioned before, like, 
you were coming from a place of not being in balance. And then by utilizing these practices, you found balance. What were some examples of things that you were experiencing before? And the reason I ask is because um, I'm wondering if our listeners might resonate with some of those things and be, be able to be like, okay, Ayurveda can help me with this. Absolutely. Um, so there's all ends of the spectrum of what we experience in terms of our health. What I was personally going through was just a lot of inflammation, mm-hmm. um, a lot of gut issues and issues with digestion as like physically as well as being able to emotionally digest my own life. Um, hormone imbalance, which I know is something that you've talked about on the podcast um, before. A lot of skin issues that I was having that I've finally just got dialed in now. Mm-hmm. It's been a journey with that. Um, and then just outside of the physical stuff, just purpose and dharma and understanding spirituality and and my relationship with nature, that's been a huge part of Ayurveda. Mm. Because truly, Ayurveda is just asking the question of, like, how can we be in better sync with nature? I love that. It's it's, That's what I love about Ayurveda. It's such a holistic approach, right? Absolutely. And that's obviously something I'm super passionate (laughs) about as a holistic health coach as well, is we can't look at health as just food or just um what we do like it's it's not just our emotional body it's spiritual it's nature it's um everything and Mm -hmm. and so i'm wondering what are some of the things that you help clients with when you work one-on-one with people Absolutely. So my main focus with a one-on-one clients is um, nutrition, for sure, and digestion. Um, so we start by doing a really in-depth intake process. Like, I ask all the very intimate questions, mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. And then from there, they take away just a few things to work on, and we build from there. And those few things include what spices to use, what spices to avoid, uh, foods to eat, foods not to eat, um, as well as daily routine, ritual practices. Um, And then most clients, we do a little bit of an herbal regimen. However, I prefer dialing in the relationship to food, how they're cooking it, how they're spicing it before... Um, bringing in herbs Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of us look at herbal remedies the same way that western medicine looks at prescriptions of like I'm dealing with this problem here's this herb it's going to fix it when really we want to get to the root cause Mm -hmm. and herbs can do the same thing that prescriptions can do where they work for a little while and then they stop working Mm -hmm. although they'll have less side effects than prescriptions it's definitely a better route to start food diet ritual routine then we move on to more like extreme, not extreme, but more (laughs) aggressive remedies like herbs. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. That's really, really cool to hear. Um, And so when you mentioned like different herbs for different people and doing all that intake, um, something that the way that I was taught Ayurveda is like, oh, what's your dosha? Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious how much of what the work that you do with people has to relate with a dosha, multiple doshas. Mm -hmm. Can you demystify that for us? Absolutely. So tridoshic theory is truly everything in Ayurveda, which I love because it's the rule of threes. It's simple. um, And it also highlights our relationship with nature. Mm -hmm. Um, So the three doshas, pitta, vata, and kapha, um, are categories, subcategories of the elements, essentially. Mm -hmm. So we take air, ether, earth, water, and fire, and we break those into the three doshas. So 
In the intake process, part of all the questions that I ask will give me a better idea of what dosha is highest in the system or which doshas, because it can be multiple. Mm -hmm. Um, And from there, we use that information to identify what changes need to happen. So if someone has really high fiery energy, so they have that really high pitta in their body, and that can look like numerous different things, we might find like cooling spices, cooling routines, Mm. cooling herbs um, to balance that out. So Mm. Ayurveda operates on the rule of opposites. Mm. And so it's always like increases like. um, And so if someone's really high in their fire, really high in their earth or whatever element we're working with there, we want to um, heal that with the opposite Mm -hmm. instead of increasing it with the same. That makes total sense. Super simple. Yeah, right? (laughs) It's just taking that little like zoomed out approach Mm -hmm. and having a little bit of organization structure to it Mm -hmm. to apply it. So for example, let's take me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I, I, when I, I've learned that when I'm imbalanced, I'm more pitta. Mm -hmm. And when I'm out of balance, I go more towards vata Mm -hmm. and I get like, that I'm anxiety prone, my thoughts will race, I get cold. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you recommend someone like I do in terms of diet and the things that you usually work with your clients on mm-hmm. to bring me that back to that balance? Yeah, so with anything, um, we want to, I think the practice of Ayurveda is really the practice of study and paying attention. And so if you notice that when you're really high in your pitta or you're really out of balance, then you switch to vata. So if we look at the elements of fire and we look at the elements of air, sometimes the imbalance could happen because your pitta is so hot that it burns everything up and then there's just air and space left. So there's that primary secondary approach as well. Um, So it could be that you're your fire blows out either because you're burning too much or because you have something else coming that's taking the fire away. From there, if you go into your vata imbalance, you would want which vata, the qualities of vata are going to be a lot of movement, a lot of anxiety, like you were saying, um, a lot of airy qualities. We want to ground those with more earth and water. Mm. So inviting in the opposite and earth and water, kapha, is very grounding for pitta Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, one of my yoga teachers uh, mentioned that, like, kapha is what we all want more of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like that it's mama energy, more of. right? <laughs> it's just, like, so held and loved and seen. Um, and, yeah, I, I definitely need more of that in yeah. my life. Like, I just feel best when yeah. I'm like that. Absolutely. I mean, most of us, if you just look at the high paced society that we live in, most of us are pitted out because we're stuck in loops of reacting, we have to defend ourselves, we're in that fight. If we're talking about the nervous system, we're in fight a lot. Mm-hmm. Or we're vatted out, we're anxious, we're driving from thing to thing to thing, we have a million things on our to-do list, we're overwhelmed, um, and we're in that kind of flighty space too. Mm-hmm. And so what we need is to ground both of those. And kapha definitely does have its downsides, right? So yeah. every dosha has There's two sides of the coin, right? Right. Um, So too much kapha in the system can look like depression or lethargy, um, as well as more physical symptoms like slow, sluggish digestion, uh, brain fog, all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So we want really the idea is that all three doshas, we have all three of them, and we want all three to work together so that they can support each other. Yeah, love that. Yeah. And one idea that I want to bring in based on what you were saying of... um, 
when I'm in balance, I'm higher in my pitta. When I'm out of balance, I'm higher in my vata. And so there's this idea in Ayurveda called prakriti and vikriti. And this is, I think, an important piece of the puzzle that we're missing when we just go online and do a dosha quiz is we're not even viewing the holistic practice holistically. So we have to honor it by kind of looking at the whole picture of how Ayurveda does its diagnosis practice. Um, but prakriti is your <clears throat> constitution, which is going to be the ratio of each dosha that you have, um, but at conception. And so there's a lot of things that go into play with that. It's the season that you were conceived in, what your the state of the health of your parents, even what they were eating the night they conceived you, wow. literally every <laughs> detail in that moment. So it's not birth, it's your constitution at conception when the sperm meets the egg, the very beginning moment. Fascinating. And so that's your baseline. And so for you, if you're saying like, when I'm in balance, I definitely have those good pitta qualities. That is an indication that you have more pitta in your prakriti. We still have all three in our prakriti. It's just whatever ratio. Then vikriti is the other side of that. And that's what you're going to find when you take those uh, dosha quizzes or when you have a conversation with a health specialist um, is typically our imbalance or our current state. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be your higher vata in your constitution. could be a vikriti or it's just moment to moment. There could be you know, a month that you go through and you're like, wow, I'm experiencing a lot of kapha in my system. But that's just vikriti. It's ever changing day by day, even hours within the day. Your vikriti can change based on your environment, what you're eating, et cetera, et cetera. Wow, that is so cool. I feel like that that's really the missing piece to my Absolutely. understanding of Ayurveda. <laughs> yeah, thanks for painting that picture. I feel like I just get it better already now. Yeah, it makes such a huge difference when we look at it. I I see so many people talking about Ayurveda and having this level of attachment with their dosha. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they take this quiz and it's kind of like Enneagram or personality thing. And you're like, I'm a pizza, I'm a pizza. And then you make your whole personality a pizza. Mm -hmm. And I say you, but I mean, I literally did that (laughs) when I was starting Ayurveda as I was so attached to I'm very high pitta too, but I was really attached to my kaffic nature because mm-hmm. I loved the fact that I was at that point in my life more grounding and stabilizing and um, and funny enough, like my ex was really high in pitta. <laughs> I left my pitta and became very kapha to balance him out. So yeah. it was really my vicar teeth, but that's just a side note. No, that's cool. Um, I was really attached to this kaffic nature. And then when I went to school and when I did some self-study. I was like, wait, I am super vata. Wait, I'm super pitta. Wait, I'm so confused. (laughs) What am I? And the answer to that question, what am I, wasn't I am this, is that I have everything. Mm. So I want all of us and listeners included to when we're looking at Ayurveda to reframe our perspective and to look at it more of I have high pitta in my system, or I have high vata in my system. This is my experience right now. I'm observing the experience rather than like, I am this, and this is how I will always be, and this is who I am. Yes, that whole I am versus I have Mm -hmm. is a very big difference, right? That's a big shift in the energy uh, that you attach to or don't attach to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we need the doshas to work together to be in health in different ratios, in different ways for everybody. Uh, Bio-individuality is so important here. Mm -hmm. Um, But everybody has all three. Mm. 
Speaking my language with a bio-individuality. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, and so you mentioned before um, that you work with clients with, like, herbs and spices. And mm-hmm. I feel like I have not even really brushed the surface on what all of that entails. Mm-hmm. So could you share more about, like, some of the herbs, some of the spices that you usually work with people on, mm-hmm. um, like, even like meals I don't know like it's just such a mystery and I just want to learn more because I love food and getting creative in ways that support my health is something I'm all about absolutely and this is something with like I know with your integrative nutrition background like that is something that you can just take okay I have this awesome meal that I've created that's so intentional let me add these three spices on it to now make it digestible yes Um, and so that's the biggest thing with with the spices is that Spices are medicine. They carry medicine. They're going to help um, mediate any imbalances that we're experiencing. They also help us digest our food. And so there's this rule in Ayurveda where all of our food, as much as possible, should be warm, Mm. cooked, moist, and spiced. Um, And that helps us break down our food before it even enters our system. So then it's more bioavailable and our body can break it down and we can actually access all the nutrients within it. I love that. And it feels so natural. I mean, especially in this time of year or recording this like early spring, late winter. Mm -hmm. And I really still just find myself wanting warmth. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. But I know that there are some people out there like Jen, for example, Mm -hmm. who really identifies with Vata. She loves snacking. She loves cold foods, crunchy foods. Mm -hmm. What would you recommend for someone who um, that's kind of been their experience with food and spices and like baby steps to how to get there and maybe change that habit? Absolutely. Um, It's I'm all about baby steps in my approach. Um, So my biggest thing for everyone is to start their day with warm lemon water Mm -hmm. starting your day with something warm if you're like i'm out of lemons that's okay just don't have the first thing you drink in the morning be cold and so if someone like jen who's like i want all the cold things if she can just do that one glass of warm lemon water in the morning that will create that trust within her their her system um to invite in that that warmth I and love so starting that. with one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then any adjustment that you can make. So if you're having like a cold smoothie mm-hmm. in the morning, right? And a lot of people, especially in Colorado, we love our smoothies and we'll mm-hmm. drink them all year round. That's <laughs> great. But maybe in the winter, you add a little bit of dried ginger into your smoothie. Ginger is a heating spice. So you take that cold smoothie and you just make it a little bit more accessible for your body mm-hmm. without even heating it up. Right. And then eventually you might want to switch to like some warm oats because, you know, smoothies all the time in the winter can definitely be hard on the body. But if you're hell bent on your smoothies, then add a little ginger. Oh, yes. And I feel like <laughs> even thinking about this holistically, I feel like a lot of Vata people are cold right Mm -hmm. that's like one of those traits with it and so if they're starting their day with something cold and wondering why the rest of the day they're cold it's like okay well I fully believe in how we start the day is kind of the energy and the intention that we're bringing into the day Mm -hmm. and so if we're looking to bring some balance into that like opposites like what you're saying that just like makes so much sense to me absolutely yeah and even with the more pitta types like that cooked warm spice moist rule applies to everybody Mm. and so i actually had a client who was extremely high in pitta Mm -hmm. um and she drank ice water all the time and it was like 
she was literally like, I'm sweating all the time. I'm so hot all the time. Like, opposite of Vata, right? But she was drinking ice water because it was what was most comfortable for her to cool it down. And it was a process, right? And she slowly (laughs) switched and did those baby steps just to not drink ice water anymore. And her body was able to regulate her temperature. And similar to, I just listened to your um, episode with Bridget and you guys were talking about those little steps, little changes that you can do. It's the same thing here. Mm -hmm. And we're really playing the long game in Ayurveda. So if you can change those three little habits, right? Those, that one habit, um, it's not going to turn around and be completely better the -hmm. next day. It's, you're playing the long game. So step by step, you'll notice those changes and eventually you'll look back and be like, oh, I used to be sweaty all the time <laughs> and now I can regulate my temperature. It's pretty cool. It's pretty dang cool. <laughs> pretty empowering. Like, I did that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and and thinking about that too, the whole uh, long play, it's something that I've been personally experiencing as I've been for the past three months or so. I've been taking two different... Um, supplement each day, eight pills total for each. One is called myodicyro inositol, mm. mouthful. <laughs> and the other one is this balance protocol by Dr. Brighton, who is the author of Beyond the Pill. Mm, and so, amazing. yeah, so I've been taking these for about two months now. Um, and they say that when you're on your third month, that's when you'll actually potentially start seeing benefit and change. Mm -hmm. And so that's something I'm really experiencing is how with herbs and more natural things, like you're saying, not prescription drugs, it's just a longer process, but there's less side effects. You're doing something better for yourself derived from nature. You just kind of have to like be patient. Yes. Right. You're actually healing your body and healing is a long, long process. I think our, I mean, I don't think I know our society values efficiency over longevity. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're looking for, like, when we do get sick, we don't want to have that, you know, chicken soup and really soothe and rest and do the things that we really need. Mm -hmm. We want to pop like a day quill and go back to work. And we're just suppressing, suppressing, suppressing. And Ayurveda looks at the body in the same way that it does look at the emotional and spiritual wellness. It's Mm -hmm. all one. And so if we're suppressing our symptoms all the time we're also going to be suppressing our emotions Mm -hmm. and then eventually most of us like especially people who have entered into this wellness realm like we hit our breaking point at Mm -hmm. some point where we're just like I feel like shit and I don't want to do it this way anymore yeah um and I want to feel my feelings and I want to um know my body and be in sync with nature and do the things I need to do so that I can embody the idea of longevity and immunity and recovery when it comes to my health. Mm, so good. So good. Yes. And um, thinking about hormones and hormone health, you know, the journey I've been on. Yes. Still have a very regular period. It's been off the pill for nine months now. And um, just really trusting that of the long game. And I'm here for it. Um, wanting to do all the right things for myself. What do you think about like Ayurveda as it relates to hormone health? What are some of the tools and rituals that you understand can help this sort of thing? Absolutely. Um, So I'm lucky that my program was actually geared more towards women's health. So we did have a a deep dive on hormones. um, And it's something that I'm very passionate about because I got off my hormonal birth control a year ago, too. And Mm -hmm. luckily, I've had a pretty smooth transition. But Let me tell you, like knowing your body, knowing what it's telling you um, 
even my personality changing since that has happened, it's mm-hmm. huge. So I totally feel for you being on this yeah. journey. It's a beautiful one. And seventeen years crazy. of it. So yeah. it's a long time. I'm gonna have I'm gonna record an episode eventually called Gaslit by Birth Control, where oh I'm just God, gonna yes. like go into all of the things. But yeah, the whole yeah. personality changing, it's real. It's super real. <laughs> and so what Ayurveda says about hormonal health, um I'll I'll go into a few different things here so um and try to be concise as i can about <laughs> them but we have the seven tissue layers of the body in ayurveda um the reproductive organs male and female um are the last of the tissue layers and so we're talking about food what's going to be nourished first is your rasa datu which is your lymphatic system what's going to be uh, nourished last is the reproductive organs and <laughs> so if you eat an apple, right, it's going to take 35 days approximately for the nourishment from that apple to go from your lymph to your blood, to your muscle, to your fat, to your bone, down all the tissue layers into the reproductive system. And so with that in mind, it's really important that we are intentional about our nourishment throughout the month because it does take time for those nutrients to reach our system. Hmm. And so the same thing with detoxification, right? If it's so deep in the tissue layers um, and we are on those hormonal birth controls or we do have an IUD, it's going to take longer for that to detox out. Hmm. So um, diet is huge. Um, Liver health is also huge when it comes to hormones. And so the big issue with synthetic hormones is that we have too many hormones in our system and some of them are ours and some of them are not and our poor liver liver has to process all of it on top of all of the toxins that are in our air and in our water and in our food Um, so it's really taxing on the liver to be on hormonal birth control and so doing things like ayurvedic cleansing kitri cleansing um, as well as love your liver protocol which means getting good sleep lowering alcohol intake, um, eating your leafy greens and your detoxifying foods, all of that can be really helpful in clearing out the excess hormones that are definitely in all of our systems, even if you're not on birth control, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many hormone disruptors in the air and in the water. And like shampoo and makeup, everything everything we touch. Literally everything is so (laughs) crazy. And so that's another thing is part of that Loving your liver is truly loving your hormones. And so if you can, um, check for fragrance in your shampoos and everything and check for those hormone disruptors like BPA and Mm -hmm. um, aluminum and all those things that can be really, really helpful to allowing your body to just just give her a break yeah. <laughs> so she doesn't have to process so much. That makes me think about how something I learned recently is how when people are planning to have a child mm-hmm. and it's like really in their control how they should start both the mom and the dad should mm-hmm. start really focusing in on their health three months prior to conception absolutely so they say three to six months and there's so much that goes into it yeah. um and that's part of those tissue layers right yeah. and so if we're if we're like, I'm going to have a baby next week, so I'm going to do like a juice cleanse this week and then I'll be feeling good. Well, that juice cleanse has not even reached your reproductive tissues. Right. Um, so that's why when we want to go into that whole endeavor of having a child, we really want to prepare every single tissue layer of the body. Mm-hmm. And 
conception with Ayurveda is fascinating and kind of circling back to that idea of property, right? So Vasant Ladd, who's written a lot of the literature around Ayurveda, um, he, reading his book, he was talking about Prakriti and Vikriti. And like I said before, it depends on literally what your parents are eating the night they conceive you. And Mm -hmm. so he's like, if the dad ate a lot of spicy food, then the baby might have a lot of pitta. So it's like down to every little thing, including like the seasons. And so that brings me into my next idea of how every dosha has a season. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is part of tridoshic theory. And so right now, we just entered kapha season, which is the season of earth and water. So if you are trying to conceive, kapha season is the season of, like, planting seeds and grounding and nurturing. Um, and so kapha season, that late winter to spring, is the best time to conceive. Mm, interesting. Isn't That's that cool? fascinating. That's yeah. really cool. I'm learning so much. I had no idea about the seven layers mm-hmm. that makes so much sense especially with that fun fact that i just learned about the minimum three months mm-hmm. um yeah i have friends who um they at electric forest last year we were all together and they were talking about how they wanted to have a baby and how they probably wouldn't come to electric forest this year 2023 because if all went well they'd have a baby mm-hmm. and how um they ideally would not start trying for at least three months after electric forest to recover to recover <laughs> from all of the drugs <laughs> yes all of the fun things that go down totally oh my yeah. god yeah so funny but it's just wild and just thinking about that blueprint of what is happening in the world the seasons the parents dna and how all of that is just like a little snapshot mm-hmm. passed on to the child and then it becomes who we are Absolutely. It's so cool. And so when we look at the body holistically and we look at the world holistically, it does show that every little detail matters. Mm -hmm. And that fact is not to um, cause any panic, right? It's actually supposed to be liberating of like every little choice I make, if I make it from an empowered and embodied place can really serve the greater good for my body and my life and for the earth in this moment, but also in a year, also in a month, even if it's just like what I have for breakfast in the morning. Mm-hmm. Everything's connected and everything's in divine sync. And Ayurveda, that's why I love it so much is because it's not, there's no segregation in how we look at the the human experience as well as the body. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much. I've learned so much today. So many tools to take away already. And I'm wondering how our listeners can connect with you. Absolutely. Um, So on Instagram, my handle is havehealingarts.co. My website's similar. It's havehealingarts.com. So you can reach out through either of those platforms. I also have workshops coming up where we do way more of a deep dive into tridoshic theory and how this can support your everyday living. Um, so keep an eye out for those. That's a great way to connect. I also teach yoga at Nurture, so you can find me there up until I move to Portland in a couple of months. Yay! Oh, well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. And we'll put all of your links and everything in the description for this podcast. Um, but appreciate you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I hope you guys learned a little bit about Ayurveda and there's so much more. Uh, so definitely check out my website. Also, I have a whole blog with all of these things on it and I keep adding to it. So if you want to geek out, I'm your girl. Mm-hmm. Thank you so, so much, much Kat. <laughs> of course. We'll see y'all next time.